Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Barron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Hi, everybody. This is Cassie Farron. Good afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you find yourself. Midnight. If you're listening to this at midnight, God bless you. Go to bed. Go to bed. I'm joined by Alex, my co-host for the Midtown Church podcast. And today I'm excited because we're going to be talking a little bit about Ascension Day, which if you listen to the last podcast, we talked about church calendar and how we as the church as a Midtown Church kind of follow that church calendar. And one of the holidays on that church calendar is called Ascension Day. And if you're like me, um, I grew up in primarily evangelical, charismatic Pentecostal circles, and we never really celebrated Ascension Day as a church. And so for me, this was a relatively new concept. Um, I think for you as well, Alex, yeah. a relatively new concept. New for me. Yes, but nonetheless, super important. Um, you know, I think as uh, evangelicals, whatever, I hate that word, but whatever category. <laughs> Whatever category, whatever category it is, evangelical, that term has been co-opted politically. That's why I'm sometimes frustrated with that word. But whatever, you know, you would associate with. Um, I feel like we normally just celebrate the cross, the resurrection, and then poof. Easter and Christmas. And then Christmas. Jesus is born. Yeah. But um, the beauty of adhering to the church calendar is that we're forced to celebrate all these other little amazing moments. forced. We get. We get. Thank you. That's the right terminology. We get to celebrate all these um, other amazing moments. Mm -hmm. And so one of those moments being Ascension Day. So Alex, why don't you just kind of start us off by talking a little bit about what Ascension Day is. Yeah. So Ascension Day in 2021 is celebrated May 13th. So it's it's 40 days after Easter. So in Luke's narrative in Acts, we're kind of told Jesus hung around for about 40 days, teaching his disciples and his followers kind of his his last thoughts. So we always celebrate it 40 days after Easter. So that's May 13th this year. Yep. And it's always falling on a Thursday, but many church traditions will kind of celebrate or acknowledge it the following Sunday. And Ascension simply is that remembrance and that celebration that Christ has ascended to the right hand of the Father um, after his death. Which so is super important. It is, it is, <laughs> it is super important because Jesus isn't walking around. He's right, not like, right. he's not hanging out. He didn't, you know, die and resurrected and he's now hanging right. out in New Jersey or something. He He's no longer present on this earth and so ascension is why why yeah. he's not because he's no actively interceding he's, for us yes, at the, at the right, right hand of the father. father yeah which is super important in our understanding of just the trinity of who jesus is of what he did and then what he continues to do for us today so um what is the significance of this like why why should we celebrate it why do we celebrate it i should note this podcast i think is airing about a week before yeah. ascension day and so um why should we celebrate it why is it something we should pay attention to or notice or or follow Uh, or read into or um, be interested in yeah so i mean like i mentioned it 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 explains where jesus is 
presently. So it's an acknowledgement of where he currently sits. But it was also something Jesus himself, even prior to his crucifixion, talked about fairly often. So in Matthew 19, Jesus says to his disciples, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne. So he acknowledges um, when he's not present, he will sit on a throne. And then in Acts, right before he is lifted up, he is telling them about kind of the end of times. And he's saying, um, you know, here's how you know you're going to be sent to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then he's lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And they interpret this as Jesus going to the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. So it's this acknowledgement and the significance is that he's no longer here and he's been talking about it and he actually did it. So he, he, one, predicted his death and then his resurrection, but he also predicted, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm actually going to be at the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. And that's how the early church interprets it. Paul, it's the early church's premier theologian, interprets Jesus's physical absence, not simply as a change in location. It's not like, oh, he was in Jerusalem, now he's in Samaria, he disappeared, but he he interprets this as the taking up of a royal position. Hmm. So in Philippians 2, um, 6 through 11, it's this kind of famous hymn that Paul is, is quoting, and in verse 9, Paul writes, therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus being highly exalted. So mm-hmm. it's this idea of in Jesus, the rising, this uh-huh. kind of physical idea of Jesus is going from the, the ground on earth into the heavenly, wherever that might be, in that act of him rising, there's also this positional exalting as well. Mm-hmm. And then in Colossians um, ver- chapter 3, verse 3, if you have then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Then in Ephesians chapter 1, um, when Jesus, when God raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places and put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is to say that the ascension in many ways is like Jesus's coronation. Mm. It's this moment in which he is lifted up and takes over as king and unlike any other king who has ever lived, Jesus's coronation involves going through death and coming out the other side as king. Yeah. And that is what separates him from everybody. The else. uniqueness, yeah. yeah, uniqueness of the gospel story is that Jesus goes through death, comes out the other side as king, and he is exalted into the heavenlies and sits at the right hand of the Father. That's so good. That's so good. Um I, you know, I have a question that I'm going to randomly spring on you and you may not know the answer, so I might be putting you on the spot, but do you know why we celebrate Ascension Day 40 days after Easter? Like, is there a significance in the 40 day number? Yeah. So the 40 day number comes from the Acts narrative. Um, So I, I think they work from Pentecost. So I think it's. 
is it 40 days after the ascension? We might not know the answer we, to this question. I, so I may have I, stumped I do, you. I, <laughs> I, so I know that the way the Jewish calendar is set up, that they work, they use the Pentecost, mm. so the Feast of Pentecost, um, and they kind of work the numbers. Work their and, way I, back. and I think the okay. Acts, the Acts one narrative actually kind of designates that, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, does I'm that have bad, anything to do with how pastor. long? No, it's good. You're not a bad pastor. I sprung the question on you. Do you have any idea? Do we have any indication to know how long? Jesus was on the earth in between that time of resurrection and ascension. Do so we have was, an indication? It was, it was 40 days. It was 40 days. Okay. So that's yeah. what it, cause that's what I was wondering. You know, I think sometimes, um, we kind of just tend to think like Jesus was resurrected and he visited a few people and they like peaced out, mm-hmm. but Jesus, like his resurrected self walked yeah. the earth for 40 yeah. days. So, <laughs> so verse three of, Acts 1, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So at the prologue, Luke is like, hey, Jesus was here for 40 days. And I think they use that to say, well, on the 40th day, Jesus was out of here. He was yeah, ascended, he ascended to the right. Yeah. And it's what's really kind of cool about understanding that Jesus like actively was on this earth in his resurrected body for 40 days um, is that we it's like goes to the veracity of specifically the Gospels mm-hmm. um, because it's documented in several other historical books um, that aren't included in the canonical scriptures, but several other historical renderings of this particular time in Rome, in Jewish history, that Jesus is, Jesus was seen and cited multiple times Yes, in that for like, not just a couple days, we're talking about 40, 40 day period. So, you know, lest you doubt the resurrection of Jesus Christ, like, Right there, mm-hmm. you we've got some pretty incredible historical proof of just the incredible nature of Jesus's death, his resurrection, and then his ascension. Yep. Um, so cool to think about. It is it's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. So tell us, Alex, a little bit about what uh, we can learn from Ascension Day. Like why, what we can learn in our our day to day lives, how Ascension Day can play into. Um, you know, the shaping of our stories and, and what we love and our habits. So many of that intentional formation that we've talked so much about over the course of this podcast. Yeah. I think there's two things we can learn. The first being that Jesus's enthronement as the King of the cosmos is an essential component of the gospel story. Mm. So oftentimes when we talk about the gospel, it's in terms of Jesus died, my sins are forgiven. And it's not really a story as much as it is a couple of facts or a yeah. couple of statements on or propositions as to what Jesus has done. The gospel is a story. The gospel is this story of God coming to a broken earth, coming to a broken humanity as a human in Jesus, living a life free of sin, healing the blind, breaking the captives free, liberating people, and then being killed by the Roman government, 
being resurrected three days later, and then ascending to the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. It is a story, and ascension reminds us that the gospel doesn't end with he ascended and he's done. Mm. It reminds us that he is act he he is going on our behalf and he's going to to work. This is to say that the gospel is not just a get out of hell free card. Mm. Um, it's actually that the good news is that the king has returned to his throne. So uh, right before we jumped on this podcast, I found out you had never seen the 1973 Disney version no. of Robin Hood with all the animals. Like, and... I know what it is. Like, I think I've seen a clip Ugh. from it, but no. Like, you know how, okay, you know how in department stores they used to have, like, like movies playing in kids sections? Yes. Okay, so I swear I saw part <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, that is a thing. You <laughs> need to see the whole thing. What a, what a 90s kid yeah. thing to say. Like, nobody yeah. would know what I was no. talking about anymore. As but sitting in a department store watching a movie. But yeah, <laughs> the point, not not being Cassie hasn't seen this Robin Hood movie, but um, kind of in it, you you know that there are two kings. There's They're both lions, obviously, and there's the, obviously, the cowardly said. and cruel <laughs> Prince John, and then the noble and kind King Richard. And the people of England suffer under the policies, greed, and ineptitude of Prince John, and they all long for the return of the good King Richard. And so kind of what Ascension reminds us is likewise, like the, Robin, the 1973 Robin Hood version, um, likewise, the earth has been sitting under the evil reign of the tyrant who uses policies of sin, violence, suffering, and fear to enslave humanity. Mm. The good news of the gospel is that the good King Jesus is taking his world back. The good news is that the good King is stepping back into power and that those who pledge allegiance to the good king, we strive to let the whole world know that they no longer have to bend a knee to the old king. Yeah. That the new, the good king is back on the throne and there is a new way to be human. So, like, that is that first essential component is that the good king has returned and he's yeah. taking back the world. Yeah. And then the second component is Jesus and it, it's definitely related to the first, is that he is reigning right now and forevermore. With Ascension Thursday, with this Ascension Day, we celebrate that Jesus' reign has begun and will be completed in the near future. So those of us alive right now and those who have come before us, we kind of exist in this in-between time mm -hmm. that the war has been won yet we're waiting for the rule to be completely established. So we exist in this in-between time in which Christ is dismantling the structures of evil and preparing to take his world back. So the kind of weird way I think about it is like, we know what the future will look like. Mm, yeah. We're given glimpses of the future in the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the, the Hebrew prophets. You know, um, I think it's Isaiah that says the, the sword will be beaten into plowshares, mm. that the lion will lie down next to the lamb, that every tear will be dried, that our hearts of stone will be melted and that we will live in this eternal city. And so we're giving a, given a picture of what the future will look like. And as the people of that kingdom we are the people of the future yeah. and we get to live that future now yeah. and that's actually the, i think the task of the church the people right. who call themselves jesus followers is to live that future as best we can now 
Yeah. You know, something that I was thinking about as you were talking, a key to the actual ascension itself, like if you read the ascension in scripture, so that moment where Jesus is taken up, that is the moment where that great commission Mm -hmm. is administered to us. And so it's, you know, almost in the, like the effect or, um, the understanding that not only are we to live in this future, but that part of that future is the bearing of the vocational call of revealing Jesus's kingdom wherever yes. we go yes. in both word and yeah. deed. And so part of the, like the just extreme importance of Ascension day is it's almost like the day that we can celebrate like our call, like yeah. the day that we can celebrate um, the vocational call, the missional call that Jesus has given us to reveal his kingdom in yep. both word and deed to those yep. around us. And, and the, the Christian holiday that follows shortly after Ascension Day is Pentecost, which is the yes. birth of the church and the sending of God's people. We get to celebrate the, our birthday. We get to celebrate <laughs> the church's birthday. Yeah. And and you're, you're so right. Like in, in Matthew's account of the Ascension, Matthew 28, it's where we have that famous text, the Great Commission, that it is our task to go into all nations, bearing witness to what his kingdom will look like. And mm-hmm. so there is a lot to be said about, you know, declaring the good news and announcing the good news does have a like a vocal or a speech communication component. Mm. But it also has this essential component of looking like the people of God. And that happens indeed. That happens in how we take care of one another. That happens in how we um, use our, our resources, how generous we are, how we are around the table. That's that's in how we share our goods, how we love our children, how we love our neighbor, and how we love our enemy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Bearing witness has something to say about, again, about the speech act, but it also has a lot to say about what we do with our hands. Yeah. That part of the Great Commission where it says baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that very much in and of itself is a deed. It's not necessarily word. It really is deed. Like, what does it look like to baptize others? Mm -hmm. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Obviously, there's the physical baptism that happens. There's um, potentially, if you, you know, you run in Pentecostal circles, there's the Pentecostal baptism that happens, a baptism in the Spirit. But also, there is this baptism into community yeah which i think we often overlook one of the things i love about our anglican friends and the anglican tradition is although um as you know a a pentecostal i i don't necessarily believe in infant baptism being the only baptism that being said i love the practice of their infant baptism in that um so much of their dedication and their baptism of children is a almost a commissioning of the church community to be like responsible, to be yeah. held accountable for that child. And I love the thought behind that mm. tradition because as a community, when we baptize somebody into our community, we are to be like the accountability. Yeah. We are to be like their family. Mm-hmm. And so that in and of itself is, is, it reminds me of that deed portion that you were yeah. just talking about when Jesus says baptizing them in the name of the father of the son, and the Holy spirit, he's talking about obviously that water baptism. He's talking about that, that, yeah. um, you know, Pentecostal baptism, that spirit baptism. But, um, and although he might not have been explicitly saying this in the text, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm not putting it in the text, but I am, I am just helping people understand the significance of yeah. that baptism act 
we are to baptize people in our community. We are to baptize people into our community. We are to remain responsible for their spiritual growth, um, for being a revelation of Christ to them. And that in and of itself is the implication of that water baptism. So a, um, modern kind of depiction of maybe this ascension story, um, would be kind of our the presidential elections and then then the inauguration day. Mm. The presidential election would be is important. Cru- it, it's the crucifixion yeah. and the resurrection. This moment in which it's established, this is the king. The inauguration is the, when is he the, takes yeah, power. The when he out. moves into the White House. Yeah. Um. And so the inaug like the ascension is the inauguration, inauguration of Jesus. Jesus That's such king. a good parallel. That's awesome. And. You know, we as we as his followers, as his policymakers, as his like like the people who are gonna do the work under his leadership, we've got to get to work. Um, there's this essential component that when he takes office, it's now our job to to do the task of loving the world well and, and declaring his goodness. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.